What's going on guys? Welcome back to the Full Court Blood Sports Show. Hopefully you guys are doing well. This is being recorded on Monday, December 21st uh, at 11 a.m. So hopefully you guys again are doing really well. Um, Wanted to get into what happened yesterday. I didn't end up getting an episode out for you guys yesterday because I was busy after a Christmas party. Also... Happy holidays to you guys. Happy early, merry, merry early Christmas. So, anyway, let's get right into it today. So, we have all NFL news is on NFL.com, and then all NBA news is going to be on uh, SB Nation. And they're on little sub-websites of SB Nation. So, like, all the NBA teams have their own. So what it is is all of the NBA teams, they have their own... Um, they have their own specific team-organized website on SB Nation. So, like, they created it on SB Nation. It's specifically for each team. So that's what I'm going off of for the NBA. Just to kind of let you guys know. But starting off for the NFL, we have, what is this? I don't have it all the way up. Okay. Panthers are firing general manager Marty Herney. So this is just a, it would in, um, a, a decision within the organization, uh, and a move, so. Owner David Tepper made another gear shifty move, reshapes the franchise, firing general manager Marty Herney. And nine times out of ten, usually if a team is about to go in, I wouldn't say full on, you know, kind of reset on the on the franchise. Usually when they take it a little bit serious, though, and usually when they are planning on really trying to change, they make changes such as the general manager that's usually like one of the first things a team will do if they're looking to reshape so just to kind of just as a little something to think about uh tepper then noted in the statement that he discussed the whole thing with herney and about the structure of the franchise and where they're headed to kind of let them know ahead uh kind of let them know ahead of time just to kind of give them a heads up and this is what Tepper said in a statement by saying, quote, I think sometimes you just need to restart or a refresh. We did it last year on the coaching side. Maybe you could say it should have been done before on the GM side. Maybe it should have been. I'm sure people may say that or otherwise on both sides. I think it's just time on both sides to do that. It just seems like the right time to move forward, end quote. So the whole coaching side, he's referring to getting rid of Ron Rivera and then bringing in Matt Rule. Uh, as new head coach of the team. And he was saying in reference to maybe they should have did both last year. So when they did the coaching thing, they should have did it with the GM as well. So Tepper obviously looking at the direction of this team taking hits because of the general manager job. You never know. I mean, the general manager job, that can take a big toll on how your season's going to go like. A lot of people don't think that way, 
but that is true. When you're when you're looking to become a successful team, it really kind of lands on the general manager sometimes. And so if you don't have that, it's going to affect your team in either a good way or a bad way. And sometimes it ends up being bad. So I don't know, you know, only time will tell should this, you know, little idea of Tepper's work, you know, we, we won't know until next year comes if it works out. And uh, obviously they're going to have time to, uh, you know, find a new person and make sure that the person really fits. They're 4-10 on the year so far this upcoming, this, this season. Haven't had a winning season since 17, 2017. Matt Rule, obviously they think he's the, the reason, I mean, he's only had one year, so they're going to give him a little bit first to see. But yeah, so there's that. The next thing we got here is Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with a leg-slash-hip injury will be further evaluated after exiting late versus the Saints. This was last night. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire gets injured on a play. Don't know about if he's going to play Week 16. It depends on this further evaluation. So it basically talks about how he's being further evaluated after exiting late in Kansas City's 32-29 victory, a three-point win over the Saints with a leg and hip injury. This is taking a little something from Andy Reid's interview with Sam, per Sam McDowell of the Kansas City Star by saying, quote, this is what Andy Reid said by saying, quote, Clyde got twisted up into the splits. The x-rays are negative, but we'll evaluate him as we go, end quote. So they show negative, but they're going to do further evaluation just to make sure there's nothing else really that they should worry about to see how they're going to move forward with this. If there's any little, if there's any other thing that shows up other than what they already have, they're going to take it a little bit slower. They're not in a hurry to bring them back. Obviously, health is more important That's in that sense over football. So, in case you guys didn't watch it, it, it happened around the 5, 30, five minute 39 second mark in the fourth quarter. A really, really late injury after a four yard carry. Clyde Edwards, Edwards Hilaire landed awkwardly as he was being tackled with his left leg caught underneath him and his right leg outstretched as he hit the ground. Unable to place any weight on his left leg, that's usually never a good sign, it's usually really bad. And was helped then to the locker room, just didn't even stay on the sideline. Also considering it was pretty much the end of the game, so... At the time of the exit, this is how his stats looked. Actually outperformed Alvin Kamara with 11 carries, 54 yards on the ground with a game-high 14 carries for 79 yards. So, there's that as well. 
And then the last thing we have for the NFL actually is Saints QB Jameis Winston was placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. This actually, this is actually like crazy. So before the game, he was actually placed on injured on the COVID list two hours before the game, and less than two hours before kickoff. And NFL Network Stephen Steve White. Steve Weich reported this. Taysom Hill will be will serve as the backup to Breeze per Weich, uh, pending or you know per this injury to Winston or an injury COVID. It actually says that he didn't directly get it. He was actually a high risk close contact of COVID nineteen, where within distance he was really high risk. Ian Report did report this, uh, that part, per a source. No other Saints player landed on the list Sunday. So, he didn't directly get it. It means he was around someone else that got it, and he was high risk of getting it. And even if you don't directly have it right away, they even if you're close, they take you, they, end, they uh, deactivate you immediately. So, basically goes into talking about how Taysom Hill had started New Orleans' last four games at quarterback. I actually discussed this in the last uh, last podcast, I believe I did, in the last episode. Taysom Hill stepped in when Breeze was out. And he ended up going 3-1 and one over those four games. So that's actually, you know, they're not afraid to go back to him if Breeze isn't yet activated. So... They got a little bit, they got some confidence in them there. You don't go three and one for no reason. So, there's that. And then, I say we just get right into the NFL, NBA stuff now. So, we have a couple NBA things. So, I have a couple, um, all the things I'm going to talk about for the NBA, they're all just, um, we're getting into the point now where we start talking about, you know, teams waiving players to trim their rosters and stuff. So, if for some reason I say something about, like, a, a team having 15 guys as the, you know, as the amount of players that a team should have, it is because, in case you guys didn't know, I don't know if you guys ended up watching that episode or not, but I had a web, I had an episode, I think a couple episodes ago now, where I discussed the NBA had first came up with the idea. It was first suggested. It was in a it was in the suggested stage, so it was being looked at at the time I re, I talked about it. But I ended up talking about how the NBA and the NBA and the NBP NBA NBPA had discussed it was a it was a you know it was a suggestion that it gets changed that teams are allowed to have 15 guys instead of the four instead of the 13 uh as normal so so if i end up saying something about teams having 15 guys as the as the um you know as their full roster and you're saying well it's not 15 it's 13 that's why it's because of that new change and then actually the day after that it ended up being accepted so now it's a thing. It's official this for this entire year. I don't know if it's gonna set this or if it's just because of COVID. I 
like I said in the episode, I believe it's just because of COVID. They might change it back. I don't know. If they end up actually liking the idea, maybe they'll keep it. You know, if it's not such a bad, if it's not, if it doesn't have such a, you know, if when this is over, it has a negative impact and there's no point, then they'll get rid of it. But if they actually like to have it, then, you know, maybe they'll keep it around. But anyway, getting into the first uh, set of waves here, or actually for the Thunder, they, they waved at TJ Leaf and Admiral Schofield. So, comes a surprise, letting TJ Leaf go as he was traded for it on November 22nd, a deal that saw them trade Jalen Leck to Indiana in exchange for Leaf and a future second round pick. Schofield was then traded to the Thunder on draft night that saw OKC trade the 53rd overall pick, which became Cassius Winston and a 2024 second round pick in exchange for Schofield and Vit. Freki, I don't really know how to say that name. Anyway, goes on to talk about that leaf. Cutting leaf was a little bit of a surprise. Had a possibility, had a, everyone thought he had a near guarantee of a roster spot. That's what it was thought to have happened. And of course, so that means that the Thunder would be looking at Cutting TJ Leaf being a power forward, that means they that means more than likely it's gonna be Al Horford and Mike Muscala as the two big men that they're gonna focus on. They're probably just gonna rotate a lot in between games and you know whatever. So they'll two them two are gonna probably share the minutes more than likely for the power forward and center position. And then when you have a small um You know, when you have a smaller roster and when you have a smaller starting five roster put together, you know, because right, most teams have, you know, they'll have, they'll kind of exchange, like they'll kind of have two separate starting fives. They'll have like a bigger, they'll have like a, a more of like a bigger starting five and then they'll have kind of some players that exchange and kind of, you know, rotate. Well, they'll put they'll put bigger guys in the roster, and then they'll rotate to having smaller guys in the roster. You know, and they'll kind of rotate certain positions based on what they have. And so the Thunder, they'll be taking advantage of that. So when they have Muscala and you know when they rotate Muscala and um, Horford. There'll be certain times where they go to smaller, you know, where if they need a fresher guy, they can go a little bit smaller, and then they might be able to put uh, Darius Baisley would be the next up for that. So, because Darius Baisley, he's actually pretty tall, and he's a small, he's a power forward as well. So, or excuse me, small forward, so... I mean, he is, let's, let's see, I'm actually kind of curious. So, he is 6'8", 
I knew he was tall, but I wanted to get the exact height. He's 6'8". He can play... He can play center. He could switch in around center, so... That, you know, that would also... And the reason why they're saying that is in case he... You know... Should something ever happen to Mike Muscala or... Um... Al Horford, he would be able to step in there as a backup should they need it. So, there's that. And then the next set of people that we have are, or not really set of people, this is actually different. Rudy Gobert resends an, an extension with the Utah Jazz. He has signed a $205 million extension for over for five years. So this is actually tweeted out by Tim McMahon by saying Rudy Gobert has agreed to a five-year $205 million extension with the Jazz, he told ESPN. It's the biggest contract ever for a big man, Gobert, in a little interview by saying, it, by saying, quote, it means they believe in me. They believe in what we've been building over the years with this whole organization, end quote. And indeed, they are scary. They've done a lot. They have had a, they've had a lot of, ex a lot of success over the last couple of years, obviously showing up in the playoffs a couple of times, so... They're no, they're no team to be messing with, if you ask me. Already have Donovan Mitchell for at least the next four years with his max contract. Now with Gobert under contract for at least the for at least the next four years as well. The fifth year is a player option, meaning he can leave if he wants to, and he can opt out of that contract to solidify the roster and core. So they got their two biggest guys re-signed for over, pretty much the same amount of time. So this is plenty of time to get a championship. If that's what, you know, obviously that's what they're aiming for. And then the next thing, the last thing we actually have here today is just a list of the... I, I kind of just fund a website for all the transactions because there's a lot of waves that teams wave players. So I just wanted to... You know, instead of putting up a lot of tabs on my laptop, just um, just pull up the entire website itself. So I'm actually gonna go through all of Sunday's transactions. There's only three, and then I'm gonna go through all of Saturday's because they're mainly players that got waived, and they're gonna be important for this upcoming year. So we're gonna start with Sunday. Zana Musa was waived by the Pistons. Kyle Kuzma re-signed with the Lakers. Rudy Gobert re-signed with the Lakers. And then here is Saturday, December 19th. These are all the players that got waived. By Brooklyn. The first four are actually by Brooklyn. So, Paul Abua was waived. Elia Kobo waived. Well, actually, this one isn't a wave, but Reggie Perry was re-signed to a two-way contract. And then the last one, last wave player for the Nets was Chris Chioza, who was also waived. 
Next up, we have the Celtics. Emil Jefferson was waived. Khalil Whitney was waived by the Hornets. Keandre Cook was waived by the Hornets. Xavier Sneed was waived by the Hornets. Javin... Javin... Delirier... Delirier was waived. Zach Norvell was waived by the Bulls. Norvell Pell signed as free agent by the uh, Cavs. Let me just do the waived players actually. Charles Matthews was waived by the Cavs. Matt Mooney waived by the Cavs. Levy Randolph waived by the Cavs. Courtney Lee waived by Dallas. Juan Toscano Anderson waived by Golden State. Gerald Green waived by Houston. Amita Brima waived by Indiana. Nas Mitru Long waived by Pacers. Rayshawn Hammonds waived by the Pacers. Benny, Benny Boatwright waived by the Grizzlies. Shaq Shaq Buchanan waived by Memphis. Ahmad Caver waived by Memphis. BJ Johnson waived by Miami. Trayvon Trevion Graham waived by Milwaukee. Nick Stauskas waived by Milwaukee. Tyler Cook waived by Minnesota. Rondé Hollis Jefferson waived by Minnesota. And the last one for Saturday was Raleigh Alkins waived by New Orleans. So those were all the wavings that happened over the last couple of days. And that's actually going to do it for today's episode. Again, thank you guys so much for the support over the last, you know, couple episodes. I really appreciate it. You guys are killing it. You guys are awesome. So again, thank you guys so much for the support. This has been another episode of the Full Court Blitz Sports Show. I hope you guys have a good rest of your day. And I'll talk to you guys later.